Welcome to Conscious Humans, the podcast. I'm Julie Iverson, a marriage and family therapist in California and a coach and healer for people around the world. This podcast is for people who are going through the awakening and ascension process and trying to figure out how to live and operate in this crazy game we call life. In the coming weeks, I'll talk with healers and spiritual beings who will share their struggles and the work they are doing in their own lives. And together, we'll use all of our senses to find healing and growth. My only intent for this podcast being to normalize the experiences you are having in your own life and hopefully offer some tools, tips, and tricks for navigating day-to-day life. I want to bridge the gap between traditional psychotherapy and the healing modalities that are arising out of the incredible awakening process unfolding in our consciousness right now. So this is my attempt. Or I am a waste. All right, so this is episode one. Not quite sure what I'm doing, and it's just me, no interview, but we're going to give this a shot. (laughs) If you stick with it, I'm sure that this will get better over time. So just saying that out loud for you. (laughs) Um, But today I wanted to talk about the fact that we are meaning-making beings. We live by storying every experience we have. We create narratives to give us a sense of coherence as we move through our daily life. And we're waking up to realize that the stories that we tell, the things that we think and believe create our reality. So now all of a sudden, this meaning-making feature of ours that's been on autopilot for all of our lives has become drastically more important to our daily living. We have to figure out how to work it. And I think this is a great place where traditional psychotherapy or the therapy that exists in the world today and intuitive coaching or counseling or um, some of the more esoteric healings really overlap beautifully. So we have the opportunity to tap into any story or reality we want. We just have to figure out how. And the amazing gift I've been given in my life is an education, training, and a a lot of my own experience with identifying and changing the narratives that can keep us stuck. So today I thought I'd just give an example of how I work my way through from identifying an unhelpful narrative to not just speaking, but then believing a new, more helpful narrative. Um, And it aligns very well, um, as so many of these things do, with my creation of a podcast. So in getting ready to start recording, I definitely had enormous feelings of imposter syndrome arise. And if you don't know what imposter syndrome is, it's really just the feeling that you don't have anything valuable to offer, to say, enough expertise to give, um, anything like that. When you are presenting information, when you are supposed to be I hate the word authority um, because I don't think that that's what it is, but an expert or an authority on something. So 
I'm just a human being. <laughs> I have been a therapist um, for about 10 years. I have been a human being on this planet for over 35. And my experience, my knowledge, my expertise is not any more valuable than anyone else's on this planet. Um, when I got ready to do a podcast, that fear that I didn't have anything valuable to say or the message that I am being proud or prideful by even thinking that someone would want to hear what I have to say definitely arose. And that's actually the first part of how I work with people and myself in identifying the narratives. So anytime you feel fear, anxiety, disgust, um, any of those considered negative emotions, and you, you go into fight or flight or freeze or fawn, and I'm sure there's other Fs that we haven't discovered, but those are kind of the main four that we know about at the moment. That's a good time to check in and be like, what is the story I'm telling about myself and this situation? So, you know, I'm getting ready to do a podcast and I'm having a freeze response and it shows up as procrastination and anxiety before bed and stuff like that. And so I pause and I'm checking in and I'm like, what am I saying about this podcast that's making me feel so ick? And the truth is that I was saying things like, I'm not good enough. I don't have anything good to say, or I'm being prideful. And I do have dueling core messages uh, about being too much or too little, not good enough or too much for people. And so imposter syndrome really hit on those core messages right away for me. And I got very anxious. Um, I'm feeling it in my chest right now. And so that's the second part is I identify what is going on in my mind. And then I identify what's going on in my body. Um, when I feel not good enough, it's actually tension in my back that makes me want to hunch over and like kind of curl into a ball. When I'm feeling like I'm too much, that makes my shoulders kind of hot, like it's an embarrassment feeling, but also kind of a rage feeling. And so I'm checking in with my body and identifying like, oh, there's tension in my shoulders. Um, there's a sensation of heat across my neck and shoulders. And then there's this tension across my and those beliefs are crippling if I let them be the narratives I tell about myself. But the beautiful thing that I've learned to do, that I've been given the tool to do, is to ask if that is a helpful story to tell. Now, a therapist might ask you to say, is that true? I myself will ask you, is that actually true? And the problem is that we can have such an incredible network of negative, dismissing, self-flagellating beliefs that a person will say, yes, yes, it is true. I am a waste. Yes, it is true. I am shameful. So I've learned a little bit not to ask the question of, is it true? 
But is that really what you would choose to believe about any person on this planet? Is that really the most helpful belief system for you? And the answer is always no. So as I look around me, there's no one I would ever say is a waste or is shameful. Those things aren't true about anyone. And I have to include myself in that anyone. But the other part of asking myself, is that a helpful narrative? Well, no, no, it isn't. Believing that I'm a waste or that I'm shameful causes me to want to hide, to isolate, to not get anything done, and to not create. I am here to create. I'm on this planet to bring light and life and beauty and love and creation. And if I get stuck in the stories that keep me from doing that, they aren't helpful. They're not serving me. So let's figure out what would serve me. What would serve me is the belief that I'm here to create and this is me creating. Okay, wonderful. Does it matter if it's valuable? Well, no, not if I'm just here to create. If I am just on this planet to create, to bring light and life and love, then this is my attempt at that. And attempting is the only thing I know how to do right now. It's the best I have to offer. If I'm offering my very best, then this is my very best. This podcast right here in this moment is me offering the world my very best. It's a gift and it's beautiful. And I am beautiful for offering it. So do you see how I turned that narrative around? I changed what I am doing here, what I'm offering to be about what my intentions are instead of what my fears are. I found or created a narrative that aligns with my purpose and my goals instead of the core messages that I was programmed with at birth or from birth. So instead of saying, I'm a waste, this podcast is a waste, I'm saying, I am here for creation. All right, well, creation is an act, it's not an outcome. Pause and hear that again. Creation is an act. It is not an outcome. So in the very act of creating this podcast, I am doing what I was made for. It doesn't matter what the outcome of the podcast is. In fact, I have no control over what happens with these words beyond the publication of them. That's really it. I will allow them out into the world and then they will do whatever they are meant to do. So by identifying what I do and do not have control over, by practicing identifying what my purpose is and how this aligns with it, and by being slow enough and compassionate enough to walk myself through my fears and anxieties, I've been able to find a message that doesn't just feel like a mantra that I don't believe and now have to practice saying in the mirror a hundred times, but instead something that I am very passionate about and have already related to. Now, 
I understand completely that you may not have identified your purpose. An identified purpose may not be something you have to draw on for a replacement statement or narrative. I completely understand that. So how else might you go about it? Well, if you can't figure out what your purpose on this planet is, what is the kindest, most compassionate statement you can find about what you are doing? This is a slightly different tack, but it is equally, if not more effective. I would say the book, Self-Compassion, and then the workbook, Mindful Self-Compassion by Kristen Neff, was one of the foremost things that was transformative in my life and led to my awakening, helped me move out of depression and suicidal ideation that I'd struggled with my entire life. So I'm a big, big believer in practicing compassion for yourself. And when identifying these narratives that are hurting you and that are not serving you, it's a perfect place to look for more compassion for yourself. So say I didn't know what my purpose was, but I could say to myself, well, saying that I am a waste and that I am shameful is not compassionate. That is incredibly harsh, incredibly judgmental. What is a more compassionate way of looking at what I am attempting? Well, is it possible that I could see it as I am a mixture of pride, a mixture of insecurity, a mixture of not knowing enough, and a mixture of some experience, and that in attempting to create a podcast, all of those things, all of those feelings are there, but that the negative is balanced with positive, or that even the positive existing is enough light shining through to see if it's worth it, to give a shot, to try it. So say I'm motivated to create a podcast by pride, say that's 20% of Um, the reason I do it. And that at the same time, I don't have enough knowledge or good things to say. But if I balanced that with just a, a desire to try a podcast, man, I mean, I think every single person in the world has created a podcast in 2020. If I want to be like them, that makes a lot of sense. So if I just want to be like everyone else in the world, in the world of 2020, okay, that's not a bad thing. So maybe I can say that my motivation is to be like other people as well as for some pride. Okay, well, I have more compassion for wanting to be normal than for operating solely out of pride. The truth is that I could have compassion for the desire for pride. That in and of itself, wanting to get positive attention and be told that I am valuable and have something to offer in this world really isn't a bad thing. It isn't a bad thing. So I can even hold space for wanting to start a podcast out of pride. I know myself well enough that once I get past those fears and insecurities, that isn't actually my truth. That's not why I'm doing this. But I'm 100% certain that there's a portion of that in here because it lives inside of me. It's a part of my shadow. I know it exists. So I'm just going to look at it, look at it square in the face and be like, hey, it makes sense that you're here. It makes sense that you are a part of my motivation. 
I'm not afraid of you. It makes sense. That statement is one of the most compassionate things in the whole world. Telling something that it's irrational, telling something that it shouldn't exist, just makes it fight harder to be validated. But if you can look at something, anything, and find the part that makes sense, it's incredibly, incredibly validating. The emotion, the fear, whatever it is that arises for you, then doesn't have to fight. It doesn't have to fight to exist. It doesn't have to fight to be seen. Just look at it. Look at it square in the face and let it know that it makes sense that it's there. It doesn't have to have power. It doesn't have to have control, but it can be there. Liz Gilbert talks about letting fear in the car with her when she's working with inspiration. She's driving or inspiration is driving. Fear never gets to drive, but she acknowledges that fear is always in the car with her. And it's such a beautiful example of exactly what I'm explaining. Identify and acknowledge those thoughts, those narratives. Let them know that they make sense, but they don't get to drive you. And find a narrative that has more compassion in it. And let that one take the wheel for a little bit. See how it drives. See how it goes. Maybe you find something that's an even better driver, an even more compassionate way to tell the story. And that, too, joins the car and drives for a little while. I've just walked you through how to address the narrative piece, the thoughts, the feelings, and the belief systems. But what I forgot to address was the feelings in your body. And so this is really where the intuition comes in and where if we're talking about my experience, I'm going to figure out ways to attend to my body and the feelings that I'm feeling in my body so that I can help shift them and so that those feelings don't get stuck and keep manifesting the feeling and therefore the narrative that was not serving me. So it's actually really important to attend to your body as well as the stories, the cognitions, okay? So in my case, we talked about the tightness in my back and the feeling of heat and tension across my shoulders. And those are the things that I would actually check in to my body and ask them what they need. And so this is going to be a more intuitive piece for each person. So if I ask my shame, the manifestation of my shame, that tightness in my back, what it needs, um, it tells me that it would love a back rub. Now I live alone or I'm alone at the moment because that's what podcasting is all about. Maybe that's not something I can give myself, but if I ask it something else that it needs, a heart opener, a yoga pose that expands the chest muscles might also attend to the physical sensation of shame in my body. And then Also, you know, if I'm checking in with my neck and my shoulders, there was that sensation of heat and tension. And so I automatically want to stretch both sides of my neck and the back of my neck. But I also want the sensation of cooling. You know, if I'm wanting to attend to that, maybe I would imagine cooling mist or rain falling upon my shoulders and just cooling that sensation. Or maybe I might think, oh, I need to drink some aloe juice. 
which has a, a really cooling sensation for the entire body. Maybe I would just know that I needed to go take a cool shower and actually bring cool water to that area. So it's going to be different for each experience and each time you go through this process, but I do really recommend attending to the physical body and the sensations there, as well as the cognitions. Because like I said, our feelings can actually manifest in our body and get stuck in our body. And then if we're having the sensations of any type of emotion in our physical body, our brain will think that we have reason to feel that way and we'll make up a narrative about it. Usually it's the most recent or most frequent narrative. And so even though I've done my processing around um, feelings of shame or not being good enough or not worthy, if I'm still tense later on in the day, the emotions may arise again, and I'll think, oh, well, that didn't work. It's not that it didn't work, it's that I didn't deal with it on all the levels that it was manifesting. And so this is a really intuitive and important part. It may be different every single time, or it may be the same thing. I know people who heal through movement. Others simply like to sit and sip water. It just depends on what the physical body or those feelings tell you they need. And so I would recommend just sitting, listening. Don't reject anything that comes to mind. Even if it sounds crazy, it's worth giving those things a try. Intuition often is pretending or not allowing yourself to dismiss things that sound like pretending. You're going to imagine that those things are true and they start to become true. Your intuition just needs a little bit more space and freedom and playfulness. So I highly recommend not judging, not questioning, let things pop into your mind as they come. And when they do, go ahead and give it a shot. It's worth it. It really is. The truth is that you get to choose the story you tell about yourself. It's one of the most important stories you will ever experience. And the story that you tell can be anything. It can be good or bad. It can be long or short. You get to control the story that you tell. Now, it may not feel that way. I completely want to validate that. This is a brand new skill that we are building. It's a brand new thing blossoming into consciousness. It will not always feel like you are conscious of the story you are telling. But you have to flex the muscle. You have to build awareness. You have to slow down and check in. Check in with your feelings. Check in with your body. Check in with your beliefs. And ask yourself, do they serve you? Build the muscle so that slowly but surely, you are telling the story that you want to tell. You are truly and ultimately in control of your life by doing so. I want that for you. I want that freedom for you. I want it for myself. I will continue to work on it. I hope that you will too. And I hope that in some small way, this was helpful. In the future, as I said, we're going to have amazing, incredible spiritual beings on this podcast. And we together will be working through whatever challenge they're facing in the moment. And we'll be looking at the story they are telling. We'll be using intuition and clairvoyance, and clairsentience and all of the clairs, but as well, we'll be using our sensory input of the body. 
checking in with the physical body, this 3D body we've been given, to gain awareness of all of the information we can to restory their narrative and to give them an opportunity for healing and for more empowerment. That's really what I'm here for, really what I hope to bring. And hopefully in those conversations, you glean examples. You too gain an understanding of how you might restore beliefs and thoughts in your own experience. So fingers crossed this goes well. If not, I will hold the compassionate space for myself that I created, and that is what I'm here for. I hope that you can find a compassionate space for yourself this week. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.